Hi, and welcome to The Crime Pod. I'm Sam. And I'm Caitlin. This case was recommended to us by Katie, so thank you for this. I'm back in our hometown of Edinburgh, and I believe this is the second most up-to-date case that I have ever covered. Uh, Shea Groves was obviously the most up-to-date one as 2022. It's um, not difficult. Most of yours are in the 1800s. <laughs> exactly. But no, this is very, very modern for me. So I am going to be telling you about the case of Fozia Javid. have you heard of this one I have I have obviously because it was a big thing in Edinburgh and also because my mum kept asking us to do this and I was like yeah 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 well and then that's when you said it I was like oh no so thank you Tracy yeah thanks sorry (laughs) that I didn't say it was her um so yeah also before we start um crime cons next month is it Mm -hmm. it's March now when this goes out it'll be March How'd you lose five stone in a month? Asking for a friend. (laughs) I look forward to seeing you all though, but I mean, ugh. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just actually remembered. I was like, oh my God, yeah, that's next month. So yeah, we're still going. Yeah. Maybe not, TBC. (laughs) Um, But yeah, if you want any tickets, we still have our discount code for 10% off. Just use CrimePod. Um, And we're looking forward to it. We spoke to quite another, like another, quite a Quite a few other, Hello. <laughs> quite a few other podcasters that are going, and we're really looking forward to meeting everybody. So it'll be fun. Yeah, look forward to it. Also, before I properly begin this case, I would just like to say that a Channel Four documentary is due to air tonight and tomorrow. And by tonight and tomorrow, I mean the third and fourth of March, so Sunday and Monday. In the documentary, like, are you meaning this current day or when this goes out? Clever, that's very clever of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, um, it's the documentary is relevant because it's regarding this case in a bid to raise awareness for women and in the hope that it could help save lives. Now, it would obviously make more sense once I've I've told you about the case. This documentary it is supported by Fozia's family, and I'll obviously go into more details. I thought I would make you aware because it's probably going to be of interest if you wanted to give it a watch it's called the push murder on the cliff and it starts at 9 p.m you can then let me know that everything i've told you in this episode is utter shit and that i need to research better uh but hopefully i'll do it some justice and also probably if you watch the documentary it'll shed more light and go into more detail but yeah so give that a watch i'm sure caitlin and i will probably be doing it at some point Anyway, I'm not affiliated to Channel 4, so that's me done talking about them. So we're in Edinburgh on Thursday, the 2nd of September 2021, when the alarm was raised about an incident in Holyrood Park at around 9pm that night, and the police were called to the scene. This isn't the first case we've done involving Holyrood Park. The episode Caitlin done in, I think it was like December 22, it was named the Salisbury Crags murder. That was also very close by. So there's quite a few tragedies that have happened around this area, whether they've been on purpose or, you know, criminal. It's not a bad area, also just to state. Now, Holyrood Park, it's a royal park in central Edinburgh. It's roughly one mile from the castle. It's open to the public and it's a huge green area right in the heart of the city, which, you know, for me, is one of the great things about Edinburgh. It's a city centre, we've got a castle and we've got greenery. 
I just love it. Now, the park is next to Holyrood Palace, where the royals stay and all that jazz. And the all, um, also in the park is Arthur's Seat and the Salisbury Crags, which make up most of the park, to be honest. And it's where this case takes place. Now, Arthur's Seat, it's an ancient extinct volcano. The hill rises above the city to a height of about 250 metres, which is 822 feet. Now, getting my high school geography in there just for a wee bit, it was formed by volcanic systems over 300 million years ago, just like the rock Edinburgh Castle sits on. And it was then eroded by a glacier moving from west to east about 2 million years ago. This glacier exposed rocky crags to the west, leaving a tail of material swept to the east, which is how the Salisbury crags formed. Now, this is just some information so that you can picture that some parts of this hill involve full-on drops if you were to step off. It's not just a nice kind of smooth hill that you can walk on, but you can walk in it anyway. It's very safe. Now, back to Thursday, the 2nd of December 2021. That night, a 31-year-old woman had fallen from Arthur's seat and a 27-year-old man had been arrested as this was being treated as suspicious. Emergency services, including fire services and ambulances, attended the scene. But sadly, the 31-year-old female had died at the scene a short time later. The woman who had died at the scene was later announced as 31-year-old Fozia Javid. Fozia was from Pudsey in West Yorkshire and she was on a weekend away in Edinburgh. She was a solicitor, very well educated and an independent young woman. She was also a charity volunteer. She volunteered at a number of charities, but she had been working with In Touch Foundation since 2015, helping homeless people. And that was back where she lived in Yorkshire. Now, Fozia was described as a genuine and very kind hearted person. She was always there to help whenever the charity or really anybody needed her. And she was one of those people that had a passion to help those in need. To make Fozia's death even more harrowing, she was actually 17 weeks pregnant at the time of her death. Fozia's last words were, am I going to die? Is my baby going to die? Vigils were later held for Fozia and her unborn child on the baby's due date in February 2022 in Edinburgh and also in Yorkshire where she lived. Now, 27-year-old Kashif Anwar was arrested at the scene of the crime and charged with Fozia's murder. He made no plea when he appeared at Edinburgh Sheriff Court in September 2021 and Kashif was the husband of Fozia. The couple had first met when Fozia had chummed her mum to, or chummed, I don't know if that's like a word everybody uses, I mean like went with her mum to buy a new pair of glasses at the opticians Kashif worked at. Now they began a relationship after meeting again soon after the first encounter and Kashif and his parents visited Fozia and her family in November 2019 to express his desire to marry their daughter. They soon then got engaged, the usual, I think, in the middle of the next again year, and Fozia married Kashif in an Islamic ceremony on the 25th of December 2020. Three months after their wedding, Kashif knocked Fozia unconscious in a cemetery after causing a struggle, causing her to fall on the ground. He then struck her on the head, which rendered her unconscious. And at around that same time, he put a pillow over her face and punched her in the head. Now this, when I go into more things as well, you'll probably realise, but it's one of those cases where 
the person changes right away after marriage. He also, there was a story before marriage that they went to go and buy their wedding rings together and he had an absolute tantrum in the car because Fozia had asked him to put the seatbelt on and he didn't like being told what to do. He later then apologised and was like, oh, I'm just stressed because I'm, I'm, you know, revising for exams and things. So he, she just took that as it was, as you would, you'd probably get over it. But as soon as they were married, that completely changed. Now, Fozia was an only child and her and her mum, Yasmin, were very close. She had spoken to her mum about her husband's abusive behaviour and her mum had encouraged her daughter to leave Kashif. But she said Fozia was biding her time and said she knew what she was doing. Fozia had contacted divorce lawyers to get the ball rolling to get a divorce because Kashif had always said that he was never going to divorce her. Fozia made voice recordings of Kashif of when he was being threatening and abusive towards her, which was put together as evidence on how he was treating her. In one voice recording, Fozia is heard saying, you've ruined my life. Kashif replies, I'll tell you one thing, you end this and I will ruin yours. In another recording, Kashif is heard telling his wife, who do you think you are? You're not a man, so come back tomorrow like you've been told. And then Fozia asks... Mm -hmm. It gets worse. What's your problem? He replies, my problem? Don't challenge me. Do not be that British woman. Because I'm telling you, it will not work. I promise it will not work. It won't work with me. So this is one of those, he's the man of the house, as in he's got that in his head, you know, he's above all. I don't know if you get that, Caitlin, but that's what's coming off for me. Yeah, I was going to say that is what I'm getting. It's just the way he speaks to her is just horrific. Yes. Now, Fozia, she went to the police twice. So there was a record of Kashif's behaviour, although she didn't want them to intervene at that point right away. Now, the second police report was made just days before Kashif killed her. CCTV had captured the couple heading to Arthur's seat and after falling 50 foot, which is about 15 metres off a cliff edge, Kashif's version of events that he told the police officers was that after arriving in the capital on the 1st of September 2021, he and his wife, they had a lion until about 10am the following day before having breakfast. As well as visiting Harvey Nicks, or Harvey Nichols, sorry, and Mulberry, Kashif said they had also visited FOP, which is the music store, and a couple of Harry Potter shops. One good thing about it being in Edinburgh, I don't know if that's not even relevant, but I feel like you can picture their whole walk because we know what the place is compared to like if it yeah, was somewhere else. Yeah, you read so many things where it's like I've put the amount of places that I've like Googled or actually did that like street map where you like drop in to be like, okay, mm-hmm. what it looks like. Where does I know exactly where you're going? I'm yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll take mm-hmm. a turn here. Yeah, exactly. Now, he then said that they had decided to visit Arthur's seat after having something to eat in Wagamama's. Also, one good thing, if you're never coming to Edinburgh, you can practically walk everywhere or get the bus. But I mean, it's you'll get your steps in, but it's very walkable. Very good transport links. Oh, I tell you. And anyway, they arrived at the base of Arthur's seat at about 7.30pm and they started climbing in order to see the sunset. But the pair had arrived too late and decided to go back down the hill. For some info, the sunset's at around about 8 o'clock in early September. And it would probably take about an hour to get up to the top of Arthur's seat. 
it depends on your fitness levels. I mean, I'd be dying by the time we got to the top, but it'd be worth it if you ever wanted to see a sunset or sunrise. Now, in June, it also sets at like 10 p.m. and the sunrise is at like half past four in the morning. And oh, I just can't wait for those times. But again, the views are stunning. On their way back, they decided to take a selfie on a rocky outcrop. Kashif told police, we were below the summit. I lost my balance and fell into her. I heard her go over the edge and say, oh, my foot. And she started screaming. I heard a thud. But that version of events, it didn't really work as well as he thought it would. No one was buying it and he was charged with her murder awaiting trial. Even with a visible head injury, Fozia was able to tell passers-by what had happened before she died. The first person to reach her was a hill walker, Dania Rafiq, said she told me not to let her husband near her and that he had pushed her. Then police officer PC Rhiannon Clutton arrived at the scene. She said she was writhing in pain, but she was able to speak to me when I asked her questions. She said she asked the woman what had happened and said her response was, he pushed me. The police officer added that Fozia said her husband had pushed her as she had tried to end the relationship with him. So she then sadly went into cardiac arrest and she died at the scene from multiple injuries. When charged with the murder, Detective Constable Stephen Cablero said Anwar asked how many years he would get and said his life was ruined now. He asked if he would get bail, but then said, probably not, not for murder. The detective said the murderer then asked about Edinburgh prisons and what Stockton jail was like. The trial took place at the end of March 2023, and the crime case was led by advocate deputy Alex Prentice KC. Kashif did not speak at the trial, and on his first day in the dock, his defence solicitor, Brian Gilfeder, told the jury that his client denies both the charges against him. The charges were for the murder... I... Sorry, I was going to say, I say this every single time we do this, but I hate when they don't speak. I know. Well, we said that last episode too. It's like the no comment. It's yeah, like... I, I absolutely would. And the yeah. same when you're at a trial, I absolutely would. But I think it's because when someone does speak, you are like, oh. Yeah, but then it's the thing. But yeah, but then it's like, if you're still denying these charges and you say you're innocent, speak. Tell us. Tell us why you're innocent. Don't but just sit I there think, in silence. But it I ruins it. it's so easy to then cross-examine that, isn't it? Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, I think it's always, I find it so interesting when the um, like prosecution will try and get them to bite, and they do. Because like, yes. I'm... I can be quite calm and I could be like saying I didn't do it but if someone keeps winding me up I probably would lose my shit you would be bit you would bite you would get that I would right bite <laughs> I am but a fish and then yes. I would be like well that's me looking like an absolute serial killer when I'm not mm-hmm. I've been trying to say I'm not but um on a complete side note we've been watching the um the jury that thing on channel four. Oh, I've not watched it definitely give it a watch I won't say anything but it is like we've not finished it but it is it's a really good like social experiment concept which I really like but actually the obviously it's all actors but the defendant is going to take the stand and that was really interesting because half of the like uh, spoiler there's two separate juries that don't know each other exists but one jury was like oh yeah that's good the other jury was like oh that's it so it shows that like some people expect them to take the stand some don't so I often don't expect them to take the stand so I often find it really interesting when they do 
Or you could just oh, do a full on no, Ted Bundy and just um, be your own defence. Yeah. Like, actually, Maybe I'm, not we'll say I'm going to be the lawyer here. <laughs> yeah. Listen to me now. No, that's good. I'll add that to my list to watch. But back to the case. So the charges were for the murder of his wife and the murder of his unborn child, and that he did previously reveal malice and ill will towards Fozia. The jury was told about the way he had treated his wife and the abuse that I've previously mentioned. Now, it was also stated that when they had arrived in Edinburgh, Kashif was accused of behaving in a threatening and abusive way and shouting at her at the place they were staying before the next day when he pushed her off of Arthur's seat. As I mentioned at the beginning, Fozia was an independent woman. She had her own finances and she was very well off because she was good at what she did. She was an employment lawyer. At the trial, the prosecution said the defendant had withdrawn £12,000 from his wife's bank account while she was sleeping on the 12th of March 2021 and put it into his own account without her consent and then told her that he'd stolen it. As in, you know, I'm entitled to this money, it's mine. Um, oh, like even, at, obviously I believe he's guilty, said, but even if he didn't push her, he's a shit guy anyway to be fair 100% he's just a complete arse in my eyes however that is just our opinions her mum Yasmin in court said that she believed her daughter was in a violent coercive marriage she said she told her to text I feel like cream cakes if she felt in danger so it was a code word that they both used Yasmin told the high court that she was very worried about public service announcement Mm -hmm. sorry public service announcement from Caitlin that is a very good idea 100% 100% and I, I know a lot of people that do that share locations or like say what and that's a very good idea like a random emoji or something yeah everybody should have that with their friends maybe I think like we don't have it maybe we should start doing it but no should we get one if people yeah. would like to send in ideas for Samantha nice code word please do yeah no but that is a good public service announcement anyway um but Yasmin told the High Court that she was very worried about her daughter before she died. She said she had promised to contact police on her behalf if she received the coded message, which again is brilliant because if you sent that to someone, if someone was looking over your shoulder, you wouldn't suspect. Well, it's like I take it you've heard that, like, do I think? Ask Angela. Yeah, or like the one that like pretends they're ordering pizza. Yes, in bars and stuff, and yeah, yeah, it all sounds so bizarre. But actually, it's if you just cannot say like those words, it's a really, really good idea. Yeah, a hundred percent. Now, Advocate Deputy Alex Prentice asked her why she had taken this measure, and she replied, "Because of the abuse, violence, coercive control that was going on." Multiple people took to the stand to give evidence of his abuse towards Fozia throughout the trial. And one person to take the stand was a midwife from Leeds General Infirmary, Elizabeth Petty, describing how she had spoken to Fozia about a conversation that had been overheard by another patient. Now, remember, Fozia was pregnant, so she had a midwife at this time. The patient had been concerned about a comment made to Fozia by a man who had visited her. According to a police statement, the man had said, If you died during childbirth, that would be okay. I would be free. Elizabeth said Fozia had identified her husband as the person who had made that comment and that she appeared scared. See what's just mental though, and I think it just shows what level this control was at. He didn't care, like, who could hear him. 
like this wasn't yes. like a behind closed doors like whisper whisper he's quite openly saying this that other people have heard yes and that's when it gets absolutely petrifying because this person does not care he thinks they're in complete control and that the person also, that they're saying it to yeah, yeah absolutely but like if that's what he's saying in front of people what's he saying what is he actually doors? saying in those doors yeah that's so scary yeah now during the trial Fozia was also heard in a phone recording with Kashif calling him a disrespectful person and said he was horrible in the recording she asked which husband treats his wife the way you do as well we have to remember as well Fozia she is a strong woman she has strong will she's smart she's you know she's independent she has all of this and she's got the knowledge as well she's a lawyer she you know she is in control or she felt she was in control but this is still happening to her she she knows her stuff yeah and actually and, that's what's even worse is like she isn't just some woman that's completely reliant on her husband and this is the way he's treating her mm-hmm. so it really it can happen to anyone it, it really can now the court also heard from Fozia's friend now apologies if I pronounced your name wrong her name wrong Lubna Kwasim she recalled that Fozia had told her that she and her husband were traveling to the Scottish capital Edinburgh and she asked about their plans she told the jury she mentioned that Kashif was really keen to visit Arthur's seat I said that sounds good it was on my bucket list of places I really wanted to visit it Lumna who previously visited Edinburgh said her friend looked her straight in the eye and said I am not sure she said it was on my bucket list but not hers even on my bucket list I would not go there in the evening pregnant she told the court that she I would knew... I don't think I would go in the evening and I live here and I know it pretty well I don't think I would go I would go to see the sunset or the sunrise but I wouldn't go yeah I've done that but like I wouldn't go like if I'm yeah like I wouldn't I don't think I'd go to another country and be like let's walk up this hill at night no I, I agree with you. You definitely do your research and stuff and you would go with someone that you trust. Now, she also told the court that she knew her friend definitely was afraid of heights. They'd previously been on a trip to Barcelona and Fozia was petrified when they went on a cable car. She also said her friend was more into shopping than going for walks. Lastly, she said Fozia had expressed frustration that her husband spent all his time playing video games when he had to revise to reset his optometry exams that he had failed at Bradford University. So again, this just paints them a picture. He will force her into doing anything, but at the same time, he can do anything he wants, such as playing video games, which everybody's obviously entitled to play video games. But you know, there comes a time when you actually have to be a husband. Now, in the closing remarks of the trial, Alex Prentice Casey said, if you consider the evidence as a whole, not in isolation, you will be able to see that this was a controlling, abusive and increasingly volatile relationship. She wanted to end the relationship. He said that if he wanted to end the relationship, he would ruin her. Defence advocate Ian Duguid KC later urged jurors to acquit his client of murder. Again, I just don't think I could ever be like a defence lawyer. I I couldn't be a lawyer anyway. I'm like I'm not I'm not good at all that stuff. But I mean, I just couldn't defend really someone if I thought they were guilty. Or if yeah. you straight up no. Yeah, that's true because like they can say like, to you, like, yeah, yeah, I definitely did this, and you need to get me out of it. Oh, I just couldn't do it. Anyway, 
Um, Ian Duguid, he said, he told the um, the jurors, sorry, that Mr Anwar came across as a horrible person during the presentation of the evidence. He said he could understand if the jury sympathised with Miss Javid as the evidence showed she was a perfectly respectable woman. However, the advocate told the jury that they had to put such feelings aside. He added, you have no evidence about what happened on the hill. You have no eyewitnesses telling you about what happened. And yet the prosecution are telling you to find him guilty. You're being asked to take a massive guess. It's on the basis of a massive guess that you are being asked to convict him of murder. The jury was then sent to deliberate. At the High Court in Edinburgh on the 6th of April 2023, Lord Beckett sentenced Kashif Anwar to life imprisonment for the murder of Fozia Javid. The punishment part... I think part, he was found guilty then. He was found guilty. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, he was. You just missed that bit completely. Was I was like, hold on guilty. a minute. <laughs> he was found not guilty. Yeah. He got sentenced to life. <laughs> no, sorry. Um, the just going back guilty. to what the defence said, like, I hear what you're saying that none of us were up that hill. I totally get that. But if he was a great husband, if there was absolutely no issues, then I could understand being like, fair enough, actually. Julie, you know, like if me and you went up a hill, and one of us fell off it, is not going to automatically be like, yeah, Sam definitely pushed her or Caitlin definitely pushed her because there isn't that evidence. Whereas, yes, you need to take everything that they've said into consideration. Of course you do. Like, he's a horrible person to her. Like, the thought of him killing her can't be a complete shock to people. Mm -hmm. So I actually completely disagree with what the defence was saying. It's like, oh, forget all the abuse, forget all the domestic abuse and just, like, focus on this one thing. No, that's ridiculous. Yeah, also we have to remember as well, Fozia, she was speaking when she had fallen. She didn't die straight away. And she said to people, you know, it was my husband. Also, you know, keep me keep me away from him, keeping him keep him away from me. Yeah, exactly. But again, yeah, I, I'm with you probably though. like would yeah. hate to be defence. Yeah, definitely. Now, so yeah, the jury found him guilty and he was sentenced to life imprisonment. Now, the punishment part, which was the time spent in custody before being considered for parole, was set at 20 years. Now, I'm going to read out the judge's statement for this sentence. You know, I love a judge's statement. I haven't done it in months. It is a bit lengthy, though, so please do bear with me. And I do think it's important so in sentencing, Lord Beckett said, You have been found guilty of murdering Fozia Javid, who was a very special person. She was your pregnant wife, and you also caused the death of her unborn child. For murder, the punishment is fixed by law. You will be sentenced to life imprisonment. I note that you have no previous convictions and take account of what was said in mitigation by senior counsel in fixing the punishment part of your life sentence, which is the time you will serve in prison before being considered for parole. In doing so, I must reflect the need to punish you for the crime of murder and to deter you and others from committing it. The law requires me to ignore any risk that you may pose to the public in the future. This does not mean that you will serve just this period. It will be for the parole board to determine when it is safe for you to be released from prison. The question of parole cannot arise before the punishment part has passed. I must take account of your crime being aggravated by being committed against your wife. She was willing to trust you that you would keep her safe when she agreed to accompany you on your project to climb Arthur's seat, despite a fear of heights and being pregnant. 
She was entitled to expect your protection and support. I take account of those considerations in selecting the punishment part and will not give the domestic aggravation effect for a second time by specifying an additional period. I must take account of the seriousness of the crime of murder of which you have been convicted. From the evidence led, it seems that you sought out a secluded position at the top of a cliff near the summit and waited until darkness fell, and it seemed that no one was around before you pushed your wife off the edge. This was intentional murder. The fall inevitably caused numerous serious injuries which pre were predictably fatal. You showed no remorse and made no attempt to save her by calling 999. You could have used her phone, which was working, and which you retained. You deliberately delayed and played out a self-serving charade before encouraging others to take appropriate action, which prompted the brave, selfless and humane Miss Rafiq to do what you had no interest in doing. She exposed herself to danger in climbing up steep ground in the dark to try to help and comfort your wife as she lay dying. As a result of your actions, Fozia Javid died far from home on a Scottish hillside and her loving family are left devastated and will never be the same again. Had she lived, she would have given birth to your child some months later, but that life was also extinguished by you. The impact of all of this on her mother was readily apparent as she courageously gave evidence despite the unimaginable pain of doing so. I have read detailed and deeply moving statements from Fozia's mother, her father, her grandmother and her uncle explaining the extreme impact of their loss and grief on each of them and the wider family. There have been profound consequences for physical and mental health, work, well-being and lifestyle. Her mother, as well, in two statements, articulates the many ways in which her life and her family life has been damaged, including a loss of privacy for people who value it. Her pain has not diminished and it is raw as ever. She speaks of the close bond she had with her only child, which was the centre of her world. She explains all of Fozia's qualities, her many good deeds and accomplishments, describing her as a beautiful soul, both inside and out. She was a role model to her extended family. She was popular and meant the world to her friends. Her father adopts his wife's first statement and speaks of his perfect daughter and the gaping hole left by her absence. He mourns his beloved daughter's chance to be a mother being stolen when you murdered her. He endured the agony of having to identify her remains, a trauma he cannot forget. Her grandmother was involved in raising Fozia and had always remained very close with her. She is left with immeasurable grief and cannot function and socialise as she used to do. Her uncle viewed Fozia as a gift from God and describes the terrible impact on the wider family, including his own. These are the wider consequences of the wicked crime that you committed on the 2nd of September 2021. The court must do what it can to deter such lethal domestic violence and impose appropriate punishment. In the whole circumstances, the punishment part will be 20 years backdated to the 6th of September 2021. This does not mean that this is a sentence of 20 years. You are sentenced to life imprisonment and you will serve at least 20 years before you can be considered for release on parole. It will be for the parole board to determine when you will ultimately be released and they will consider the safety of the public in reaching that decision. So that was the statement from the judge. Apologies. 
where it was a bit long, but I no, think no, it was, it was do you know what though? There's some judge statements that you are just kind of like, I get you, I get you, but actually, he was totally right to say all of that. Yeah, one hundred percent, and it also puts into the whole. You know, this isn't you've not just taken two lives here; you've taken our whole families at the same time, but families you, and friends. But going back to that, like that was like that was your child. Yeah. He's unburned child. Like, that's and he nuts. didn't care. No. Now it's there's... just so scary, isn't it? Yes, it's. Oh, I just cannot imagine. Um, now there's a few other things I'd just like to say. Statements from her family and things, and then that will be me. But Fozia's mum, she later later did say that she did not feel like the family got justice, and that Kashif is still exerting his control, even though he's in prison because her family do not have all of Fozzie's possessions back, even two years after her death. So this was in 2023. In an interview in Newsnight, with Newsnight, oh, sorry. you're joking. That's so horrible. Now, exactly. He, um, sorry, Yasmin said, the possessions that I have got back, I've had to fight tooth and nail to get them. And his parents are honouring that control by not giving all her possessions back to us. So his own parents are still helping him with the whole control thing. They clearly don't think that he's in the wrong in certain ways. Now, the court previously heard a recording of Anwar telling his wife, anything that's here that you're probably going to say it belongs to you. You're not taking anything from here. It's all going to stay here. That's my possessions because it's my house. So that just sums up the fact of the... the, the Fozia's parents are getting nothing of them back, anything back because he believes it all belongs to him. Now, the parents of Kashif Anwar, they actually told BBC Newsnight that they had returned all of Fozia's possessions to the police and to her family. So there's a lot of back and forth there. But again, he's still getting all that control because he says everything else belongs to him. Now, and, uh, Yasmin believes that um, Kashif's motives for murdering her daughter stemmed from the honour-based control, jealousy and insecurity. Now, honour-based abuse is a crime or incident committed to protect or defend the honour of a family or community. He used to say to Fozia, we don't have divorces in our family, we don't divorce, we stay in marriages no matter what. Police Scotland, who carried out the investigation into the murder, they said that they did not identify any honour-based abuse, adding that domestic abuse and coercive control were the main factors in the case. That there's a charity called Karma Nirvana who are supporting Yasmin, the, her mum, including prior to Fozia's death. And they said they recognised honour um, abuse as part of Fozia's experience. Now, Baroness Shasista Goher, chair of Muslim Women Network UK, said that there can be additional barriers faced by some South Asian women when leaving abusive relationships. She was pointing to how religious divorces can be used as tools of control, and she highlighted the need for increased awareness and support for victims in these communities. Now, she also said that as a member and volunteer of that organisation, Fozia, she was an intelligent and educated woman. She knew her rights, yet she still ended up dead. Now, as well, I think that's also part of what the Channel 4 documentary will be going into more about how some of these religious uh, marriages and divorces, how that can turn out. Obviously, I'm not educated enough on 
any of that to really comment, I would say. So yeah, I'd watch, hopefully the documentary will give you more information on that. Now, speaking on behalf of Fozia's family after the hearing that had taken place, Natasha Ratu, Executive Director of Domestic Abuse Charity, Karma Nirvana, she said, there will never be closure or justice for us. This is a lifetime of grief and pain. Our life sentence began the day our daughter was brutally murdered. She was a perfect daughter, granddaughter, niece, a friend and a mother-to-be, a successful lawyer who had the whole of her life ahead of her. Fozia has left the biggest void in our lives. The spark has gone out of our lives forever. And that is the case of Fozia Javid. You know, for even living in Edinburgh, there were so many parts I just didn't know. I agree. It was hard always to research. Knew he was an yeah, from the very beginning, he was a complete and utter just he deserved like, this is when it annoys punishment. me I'm like have you heard of divorce yeah like if you genuinely don't want to be with it anymore divorce her but it's not even that it's the control you want the control over that person you want to be in yeah, charge yeah, you fair. own them you own them as like they are yours so you can do what you want to them even include treating them like utter shit oh, um horrible yeah. uh, like you said as well, it was quite hard to research. Um, there's not there's not tons and tons of information on it. There's loads of news articles as well at the time, but I think it it kind of went quiet a wee bit for a couple of years, obviously due to COVID and everything that was happening in the world. And then it came back for the trial. But yeah, mm-hmm. even as an Edinburgh resident, I did not know half of that. So no, it's awful. And yeah I would look forward to watching the documentary and hopefully it'll shed some light exactly what Fozia's mother wants she obviously is absolutely distraught but she thought I'm going to take part in this documentary I'm going to help because I don't want other families to go through what she's gone through and also she doesn't want other women to go through what Fozia's gone through so hopefully it will shed some light 